right? Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster Hey, hey, welcome in. This is episode number two this week of Filibuster, the Black and Red podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined by Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson. As always, we are here to uh, preview DC United's game this weekend. They will uh, hope to pick on the new kids this Saturday. Expansion side Inter-Miami pays their first visit to Buzzard Point. David Beckham's boys looking for their first points after a week one loss at LAFC. Edgar Alvarez and Andre Sanchez are two of the voices behind SFL Heron TV, a podcast down there in the MIA, and they are nice enough to join us now. Guys, welcome to Filibuster. Thanks, guys. Thanks for that fantastic introduction. Um, This is actually our first time linking up with another channel, so we're excited to be here and talk some MLS. Yeah, talk some MLS and talk some soccer, something that we love. So we're down to talk about it. <laughs> uh, well, we're glad to have you here. We have a little tradition on on this show going back entirely longer than I'm willing to admit. What are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking just some water, yep. you know, good H2O. Some H2O. have a triathlon that I'm training for, trying to cut off oh. the liquor. Had enough of that last night Yeah, at the, <laughs> at the opener. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, well, congratulations on on joining the league and for choices much healthier than the ones I am making at the moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of a tough draw getting LAFC in that that first game as a franchise. What was the experience like for you guys? Because, I mean, you're, you're in it now. You're here. Right. Well, you know, right off the bat, as soon as we saw that we were up against LAFC in, in our first game, we were like, crap you couldn't have asked for a worse opponent to go against first because you know in my my opinion they were the best team in the league last year as far as consistency goes you know they have some very talented players you know Carlos Bella top goal scorer record breaker you know it was never going to be easy but the boys actually held their own you know 1-0 was a fair result in my opinion you know LAFC they played well you know can't take anything away from them and Luis Robles, the keeper, he had some fantastic saves that honestly kept us in the game. And first half, I think we definitely were actually better than in the second half. Um, overall, I think that, you know, the inexperience from some of the players, you know, the chemistry was definitely lacking. But, you know, onwards and upwards. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you, we do have a brand new team with, I mean, we only have two DP spots right now filled. We still have one to go. 
And to know that, uh, for example, Pizarro just came in a couple of weeks ago for to join preseason. And well, we didn't do that bad. Like we said, it's it's a 1-0 against the best team in regular season. And, I mean, we did perform. We competed, and that's all that matters. As long as uh, we just go upwards from here, we're happy. I mean, it took a... a- particularly audacious Vela chip to beat you too. So uh, there's definitely some solace in that. I have to think. Uh, Andre, you mentioned uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, $12 million man brought in. Um, How did he do on his debut? I think, I mean, I wasn't surprised. Let me be honest. I wasn't surprised with with his performance. However, it's those type of players that they're just coming to a brand new league and you have to give them time. Um, Yes. For example, I would say that still the Liga MX is still a better league than the MLS. Uh, and it's a little more competitive, a little tougher. But but it is still a different league. And you do have to get used to how we play. It's different styles of play. and But you did see at uh, some points in the game the, the quality of play that he is. So as long as he brings those little sparks of talent and he starts implementing them throughout the whole game, then we're going to see a DP that's going to do a lot of good for us. So, guys, in a couple of weeks, you uh, Inter Miami is going to have their first home game, uh, their first game in uh, Fort Lauderdale. How are you all feeling about Fort Lauderdale and not uh, Miami as the location for the stadium right now? Well, we might actually be a little bit biased due to the fact that we live in the Broward area, which is the county that Fort Lauderdale is in. So we're actually closer to Fort Lauderdale than we are to Miami. However, we do understand some of the some of the backlash that the club has received, especially from those fans that are in Miami. But at the end of the day, I don't think many people are complaining just because, you know, we have a team, we have a stadium and the ball, you know, the ball is rolling, you know. Yeah. And the fact that actually it's, if you think if you actually, if you live here, you do see that from the actual stadium of Fort Lauderdale, it takes you about 20 minutes to get to Miami. Yes, not deep in Miami, but it's not that far to say. And there's transportation that you have you can avoid traffic. There's the you take the train. Like it's there's a if you want to watch the game, you have a way to go. Like there's no excuse. If you like the sport and you want to support your local team, which we haven't had in a, in a while, like there's no excuse for you not to go and see it. Uh, guys, I, I want to know your initial impressions of um, Diego Alonso. Obviously, he's won a ton in in Mexico and in Concacaf. Um, this being his first foray in MLS with a brand new club, brand new roster. Uh, how do you think the group looks under his uh, leadership at this point? Yeah, I was actually pretty excited to to hear Diego when he came in because. You know, he's an established manager, and some of the other names that were being circulated out there were like. Patrick Vieira, who, you know, he's not very experienced, didn't do very well in France. Like that was one of the one of the names that I remember hearing. And I just remember thinking, oh, God, please, not him. Yeah. So hearing Diego come in, you know, that was that was definitely exciting just due to due to some of the honors that he's won with some of his other teams. And the fact that um some of the boys were out there for the for one of the preseason games in Tampa, which is a little bit west of Orlando. And they were saying that Diego was fired up. He was on the sideline. You know, he's your typical passionate, you know, South American coach who's screaming for 90 minutes, you know, yelling at his players to get back, yelling at his players to get stuck into tackles. So 
seeing that type of manager, you know, reminiscent of, you know, a Jurgen Klopp from Liverpool or a Pochettino, you know, those passionate managers, that's personally what I love, love in a manager. And I'm excited to see that in Diego. This will be, especially- be a fun sideline, I think, in this game then, because Ben Olsen has a similar reputation as far as his passion. Right. Some big personalities that are going to be <laughs> screaming at their players. And, you know, every manager in the world, they want what's, you know, they want their players to give 110%. And there are managers that are going to sit back and, you know, take a couple of notes, you know, just give a couple of nods. And in the locker room, let them have it. But these are the guys that, you know, you're going to know if they're happy, you're going to know if yeah. they're pissed. They're, they're going to let everybody know how they're feeling at the time. And I feel like that's actually a plus uh, because of the, uh, the simple fact that if you have a coach that's riled up, a coach that kind of, as a player, you kind of see that and you you are motivated to give the 110%. Yes, you are a professional player. You should always give that extra little bit, but you're human. And it's just contagious. When you see somebody all riled up, you do get all riled up. How does Alonso want to play on the field? Alonso's a very defensive um, coach. He normally practices the 4-2-3-1 with two center defensive mids that actually stay back a lot. However, in this game against uh, LAFC, he put uh, Trap, which is the most defensive-minded player uh, in our team right now, and Uyoa next to him. Which is kind of like a mix. He 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 does the role as a CDM, but he does go up a little bit more if he has if if you can say if we want to go up. So I, I'm actually interested to see what he's trying to do with the team because I know in Mexico he's known as that type of player that just is defense first. He scores one goal and just park the bus. That's what I've I actually know that in Mexico he's known as that. And actually people have been making fun of him coming here, calling him in a Spanish term, which is ratonero, which is exactly what I said. It's literally you score and then just park the bus. But I did see some sparks of trying trying to play uh, in yesterday's game, trying to actually control the ball and build up a good chemistry within the team. So sticking with Alonso somewhat, he's brought in a bunch of uh, very young attackers to, that, uh, to start off the first year of this team. Uh, do you think that is a sustainable for the a sustainable model for the season? Do you think uh, these young guys are really going to pay off and provide the team success uh, down the line this year? Um, I would, I would think so. Um, because the thing is that you do have, for example, your one of your DPs, that's Pellegrini. That's super young, 19. I mean, yesterday, I think we kind of missed, we kind of did see a player that you could say is not a DP. He wasn't playing like a DP, like he wasn't stepping up to the plate. However, I mean, you do have, for example, uh, players that are young, like now that uh, Carranza got injured, which is the uh, the other Argentinian player that came, they had they had a goal for Robinson, which is the 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 player that just got drafted, and he didn't he didn't back down, knowing that it was his first MLS game, that it he was playing against people more than ten years o- over than him. 
So it was it was good to see a uh, rebellious young people playing for the team, and actually having, for example, then you also have that experience that backs them up in the back. An experienced Roman Torres that's gonna is leading the back, and if you want to next to him, a guy that's experienced, and he's also you can say a Spanish, so you can actually have more of a like they are friends outside of the outside of the field, which is good because normally you do play better with the people that you're closest to. Uh, guys, I know um, throughout MLS, there's been every ever. It seems like if you're if you're not signing somebody for a few million few million bucks from a Mexican club this past winter, uh, it's like you're not even in the league. Um, we did that here with Edison Flores, um, and then pretty late in the uh, the preseason, you guys brought in Rodolfo Pizarro after kind of a long um, a long series of rumors, a long courtship. Um, what did you guys make of his uh, first appearance? Bizarro, he actually played pretty well. You know, he was he had those attacking glimpses that we we were all hoping for. You know, he was immediately handed the number ten, which historically in soccer, you know, mm-hmm. is the most creative player on the team, and we did see some of that. You know, some of the link up play was definitely there. However, like Andre alluded to earlier, Robinson, the 21-year-old, you know, playing his first his first ever game, he um he definitely like they they definitely were able to find each other and given a, a robust LAFC de- defense, I think that they did as much as they could with the with the cards that they were given at the time. And you guys mentioned um Edison Flores my buddy over here is a is a Peruvian as well, so he can probably give you a, a lot of, of info on him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good player. That's and I actually saw the game against um, DC against um, Colorado. Colorado, I'm and sorry. and it was <laughs> it was it was. I kind of do see DC very dependent on what Gressel can do. And every time that's the thing, for example, Flores is a very technical player. Every time Flores and Gressel linked up, it was a different team going upwards. Yep. And every time Flores was isolated from Gressel and DC tried to go up, it, I I really didn't see much from DC, especially from your forward coming out of the area a lot, which I didn't really notice why. But I mean, I'm not the coach, so I don't know. <laughs> Forwards will do that if they're not getting service. They'll they'll always drop back. And then if yeah. you're Wayne Rooney, you drop back even if there's service to be had in the box. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's you do have, you do you guys do have a very talented um, front line. Like I said, Flores when he wants to be, I mean, sometimes he can be inconsistent. I know that. From seeing him, for example, he's he came out actually of my favorite team in Peru, which is no, I've I've seen that guy play since he was seventeen, so I know a lot right. about him. Yeah, and he could be when he wants, he could be a player that he's unstoppable when he wants, which is not always. So it's it's hard for him to find that consistent um, style of play and that consistent uh, performance. But when he does, for example, in the last, the last, um, the last games in, uh, I'm guessing he was playing Morelia. I think he was he was doing great. That's why they signed him here in the MLS because he had a tough time in the beginning where he wasn't really showing up. 
So we've seen a lot from expansion teams over the years. We've seen expansion teams like Atlanta United come out of the gates flying. We've seen expansion teams like Orlando City not. Uh, what do you, what is success for you all for Inter Miami this year? What do you want to see them do at the end of the year? Uh, is is it has to be Atlanta or is it a a slower role than? Uh, what what they might have done. All right. So um, as far as the first season goes, you know, I I'm definitely going into it with a realistic, you know, expectation. I don't think that this team is going to go out and destroy every single team in the MLS and lift the cup at the end of the season. You know, I think if <laughs> if you're setting the bar that high, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Because the reality is that I don't think we have a squad that's ready to, to compete on all fronts and go out there and win the MLS Cup in their first season. So personally, I think that definitely a playoff spot. You know, I don't think that's too much to ask for, a playoff spot. And if we can even make it out of the first round of the playoffs, I think as a, as a fan, as a supporter, I'll be content. You know, And on top of that, I also want to see the team itself. I want to see them compete. You know, I don't want to see these draws and one zero games. I want to see the team go out there and play an attacking brand of, of soccer. Yeah, that's the main purpose. Uh, well, that's the main focus that we want to see here in Miami, especially with such a South American-based um, community here in, in Miami. Um, you do want to see uh, people that, for example, let's say um, when they're defending, we love that player that just goes 150% and gets ball. And then if he wants to if he ends up injuring the other player we don't care as long as you get the ball that's fine but like i said we do want uh, we want we do want that to happen and also not give up ever like we're losing 2-0 don't put your head down don't don't stop trying like there's like from we do have a captain that we were very surprised to see yesterday uh, good leadership and man uh, I know Robles was experienced and good, but after the performance yesterday, I do have, I'm pretty sure that we have the goal secured, at least um, when it comes to, let's see, we get one, op- the other team gets one opportunity and we get 10 and we score one and they, I'm pretty sure they're not going to tie if Robles is on one of those days like he had yesterday. We know uh, Luis Robles pretty well here uh, <laughs> from his time in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh De- definitely a player that's done well against DC, unfortunately. Um, but I, you know, looking at the other end of the field, um, Miami got the they had the first pick in the draft. They took uh, Robbie Robinson. Um, uh, Julian Carranza was maybe in the in the mix, but he's injured, so he's not really in the running for that job. Um, I know I was surprised to see Robinson get the start over Juan Agudelo. Um, did you guys think he he earned the the right to keep the job? Um, and you know what's what's generally the vibe with the attack and and the front line in particular? Um, I was actually I was also pretty surprised that Robinson got the nod ahead of Agudelo, but I definitely think that he um he proved that he has what it takes to to play up top. You know, as that lone number nine. Because obviously, as we've mentioned, you know, we've beat the head over the drum with this one. The LAFC, we're very unfortunate to draw um, against them first. However, he, you know, he definitely showed no fear. There were a lot of 50-50 balls, 
And he was out there using his body and trying to shield the ball, taking on players. And it actually surprised me. I think he, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he gets to start uh, against DC United as well. Yeah. Especially with the fact that there was a big space between the midfielders and that long forward that we had. There wasn't really, for example, Pizarro wasn't filling in at once, uh, one time of the game. He wasn't filling in the, that link up. So they were sent, we were just sending long balls and just seeing such a young player winning those long balls against experienced players and fighting until the end, running and giving giving his all. I was very surprised. I actually thought Aguilera was going to start, but I think Robinson, with what he did uh, yesterday, I think he has uh, he earned another at least another match just to take a look at. As someone who remembers some highlight reel goals that Juan Agudelo has scored against DC United, um, I'm, I'm happy to take my chances with Robbie Robinson <laughs> at this point. Um, so Miami, known for, uh, I, I think, a pretty flashy scene, at least nationally, internationally. Um, and, and when Inter released their logo, everyone immediately jumped on the color pink in it. And here in D.C., there was a lot of consternation and uh, some uproar because the front office nixed uh, some pink alternate jerseys. Everyone wanted them. Everyone basically was the fry meme from from Futurama saying, please take my money. Just make these pink, in in our case, cherry blossom kits uh, because D.C. has these historic cherry blossom trees. Inter Miami, everyone assumed they were going to do the pink shirts. Black and pink were going to be their colors. They're going to make it work. And instead, they went with white, which we saw against LAFC. You'll probably see this weekend against DC as well. What are you guys' thoughts? Is this a massive missed opportunity to sell all the jerseys? Actually, I think, I would hope it's a strategy because right now, uh, over here, I know a lot. Of, some people are happy with the jersey, but the majority, they're not disappointed, but they're kind of uh, about it. They're kind of mad about it. Um, for example, I I do like the white jersey. Uh, it's it's good. It's clean. It's simple. But I did want to see a, a play with that type of pink. For example, yesterday's shorts mm-hmm. against the LAFC. It was, I think it was the perfect shade of pink. It wasn't too bright. It was good, but I guess you have to have white jerseys in, in the, in the MLS. But, um, I, I have a feeling that pink jersey is going to come out later in the season. And that's when the sales are just going to go up the roof. Right. I was also a little bit disappointed not to see the uh, the pink jerseys because, as you guys as you guys mentioned, you know Miami does have that you know that Vice City culture, you know, very flashy. You know, mm-hmm. look at the Miami Heat when they bring out the the Vice City, the aqua and pink kits for jerseys, and I think that's what a lot of the fan base wanted. You know, they wanted to go out and spend their money on that on that pink jersey that they can wear to the games. You know, in South Florida, a black jersey, you know. It's probably a mistake buying it just because of how hot it is here and the shading in the stadium isn't isn't the best. So I think most people are probably going to opt for the white jersey, but given a pink option, I'm I'm very certain that that would have been the the majority of the color that we would have seen in that stadium. I know a lot of people wanted LAFC to also go pink and they went white for their road jerseys as well because 
it's MLS. I, I don't know. People are afraid of the color pink. Eventually some team will do it and um, we'll see who's first, I guess, because they, I, I really think they will sell all the jerseys when they do that and make just a mint. Um, thank you guys for coming on. One more question before we get you out of here. And that is if you were standing across the touchline from, from Diego Alonso and had to game plan against inter Miami, what would you be focusing on? What would your game plan be? Against DC? No, against Inter. I want you to game plan against yourself. Oh, against myself. Oh, wow. Um, um, just heads up, don't give this to your coach. You know. <laughs> he doesn't listen. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, it would be exploit the right back, which had the worst out of the 11, he had the worst game yesterday. Uh, he's a Jamaican international. I don't know why he had such a such trouble playing yesterday. And then from there, I would say just keep play possession. Inner Miami gets desperate um, when the other team, when actually LAFC was playing a lot, just touching, touching. They, they I feel like they still don't know how to shift. Uh, their defense, and once one bites, there was multiple times that Figal bit um, for the forward that came up, the nine that was coming back to actually check in the center mid a little bit, then there was a gap always open, and that's why actually we lacked a lot of yesterday, that's why they had so many chances uh, LAFC, uh, which thank God, I mean uh, Torres or Robles at one time, he actually saved us but yeah, that would be my main, my main suggestion. Yeah, definitely exploit the um the fullbacks because they both like to attack. They both like to get forward and you know bomb forward. Think some of the some of those left backs and right backs that we see in world football. You know your Jordi Alba's, Andy Robertsons of the world. They're trying to play a similar style of game where they're just bombing forward and on a counter attack that could be a huge error for the defending team because you put one through ball over the top where they're supposed to be. And that puts the center backs out of position. And something that LA did very well against us was those intricate little passes near around the edge of the box. You know, they weren't coping with those very well at times. So those little like cuts. And I think if, if um, DC, like if any other attackers just get some kind of through ball and just do one of those cut and shoot, I think that's uh, a way that they could probably score, you know, giving little touches around the box. All right, we'll see if DC United will be able to pull that off. It'll take a better effort than they they gave against Colorado, certainly, to do that. (laughs) Edgar, Andre, thanks again for coming on the show. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you on the old internet? No, thank you guys for having us. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at SFL Heron TV. Um, We did uh, a couple of fan cams after the uh, the opener yesterday at a new venue in Fort Lauderdale. It was very cool, the Wharf a nautical theme outdoor bar type thing. Um, it was fun. It was a fun event. You know, you guys can hear some, some thoughts from other fans that were down there. Yeah. That, and just, we're just trying to bring that, um, fan channel vibe to the MLS and see how we do with it. Just bring, uh, the opinion of the fans, uh, public, you could say with no filters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here for it. Thank you guys. Welcome to the scene. We're glad. 
to have you. Um, and, and thank you everyone for listening to us today, uh, tonight, what, whatever time of day it happens to be, wherever you are, it's a podcast. You can listen at your leisure, find us at blackandredunited.com, patreon.com slash filibuster. If you want to support us financially, we are on Twitter at filibuster DCU for the podcast at black and red U for the website, send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Download, subscribe, rate, review, whatever else, wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly, though, when you're getting ready for the game on Saturday, just mention the show. Mention Filibuster, mention SFL Heron TV to whoever you're talking to about the game and, and say what you learned on this show. And maybe, you know, someone new will listen to one or both of these shows. And that would be a win for everyone involved. Thanks again for listening. Thank you to Edgar and Andre. I'm Adam. They're Jason and Ben. We'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. No, we have to let the show drag out. We do? Really? No, we don't. You you can end the show.